The New Orleans Saints already dealing with some new injury news, but not yet time to push the panic button. I'll let you know when that comes and much more. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, for the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And a big thank you to all you everydayers out there. As always, don't forget that you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And of course, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, early access, and more, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints today to join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our great friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and you can do so right now because new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be taking a look at how Jordan Howden sees the field, how he got to this point. He and I had a really nice conversation today. Going to have a nice follow-up piece for you over at Saints dot news tomorrow but you know you always get it first here on locked on saints we're also gonna be taking a look at some of the new roster moves that the new orleans saints have made including some new ish running backs in the building but to get us started is there cause for concern when it comes to the new orleans saints yes the old injury conversation is back already it's already reared its ugly head but i think everything's gonna be mostly fine when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. We spoke with Dennis Allen today following practice, and we did find out that there were a few players that were not available for practice today that have a little bit of some repeat injury issues that we have seen. So now we have seen, um, you know, Kendra Miller miss a pair of practices. We're still seeing Marshawn Lattimore out for right now. We haven't seen JT Gray since the Chargers game. So is there cause for concern when it comes to these players? And I understand a lot of the question marks around rookie running back Kendra Miller. So let's start there. When it comes to Kendra Miller, he's a guy that was drafted already dealing and managing an injury, right? The MCL strain or that he had that kept him out of the, you know, off season draft season workouts, the uh, combine pro days, things like that. But then After he got to New Orleans and he finally got back out on the field, we saw some more issues there when it came to that knee injury coming back up, um, which I don't really think was really on Kendra, right? We saw the flying Kansas City Chiefs player leap over a pile, land on his knee. I think that's kind of where that injury ended up getting re-aggravated 
Uh, but now, since then, we've seen a couple of other things. Some things that are kind of freaky, right? The face laceration, the TMJ, the lockjaw thing that he dealt with early on in training camp. But now he's dealing with a hamstring injury. And of course, hamstring injuries and groin injuries have run rampant amongst the New Orleans Saints locker room. And I do think that there is an element of that that is really just the New Orleans Saints being cautious based upon what it is that they're dealing with around these injuries, right? And the way that they're dealing with these injuries, where even just the slightest amount of hamstring tightness has kept guys out for multiple practices. And mayhaps that's what we're seeing with the Kendra Miller. But when we talked to Dennis Allen today, the question came up, thanks to New Orleans.football's Mike Triplett, around Kendra Miller's injury and whether or not it would potentially jeopardize his availability for week one. And Dennis Allen was a little bit non-committal on that one, mentioning that, hey, things are a little bit, you know, we'll kind of have to see where things are next week and all that. And there's going to be a lot of injury uh, evaluation going into next week as well, dealing with things like Traquan Smith's injury. Is he going to go to injured reserve or not? Same thing for, uh, you know, Landon Young. Will something happen with him? And now we've seen JT Gray miss what will effectively be two weeks, right? The week of the Houston Texans game, the week after the Houston Texans game here throughout this week. So those are two big things that you're going to be watching. We already know that when it comes to the Marshawn Lattimore injury, the knee injury that he's sort of been managing since the Los Angeles Chargers joint practices, that Dennis Allen has already told us that they expect to have Marshawn Lattimore available for week one. So that's going to be a big boost for the New Orleans Saints, especially going up against that passing attack against the Tennessee Titans, which of course features guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. So you want to have Marshawn Lattimore out there. It looks like that's going to be the case. He's just, just, just not out there yet. It wasn't all bad news when it came to the New Orleans Saints injuries, though. Taysom Hill was back out there today. That's always good news. He's a guy that you want to see the New Orleans Saints have available. It looks like that will be the case. The Saints should walk into week one with the majority of their 53-man roster healthy. And that's great news for New Orleans. The biggest thing that you're going to be watching, though, is, is Kendra Miller going to be healthy? Because otherwise, you're already going to be without Alvin Kamara. If you're without Kendra Miller, you've got Jamal Williams. You know that. Jamal Williams can be a bell cow. He could be a guy that you can lean on, that can tote the rock, that can run between the tackles, that can get outside the tackles, capture the edge, and then, of course, also get in there with all of the you know, uh, uh, you know, passing plays and things like that that he's able to do. But then, who else mixes in with him? Well, Kirk Merritt made the active roster, the converted wide receiver running back, somebody that kind of has a Ty Montgomery-like level of distribution that can be utilized, deployment that can be utilized. That's big for New Orleans. But they haven't stopped there. They've added a couple of other players that we'll discuss here in just a moment that can also contribute. The Saints need, effectively, two running backs week one. They need Jamal Williams, and they need another guy. And that other guy was hopefully going to be rookie running back Kendra Miller. But if that other guy happens to be Kirk Merritt, they should be okay. Because don't forget, you have other guys that are going to contribute to the run game. Adam Prentice was out there looking like Mike Allstott week three, preseason week three up against the uh, Houston Texans, busting off that big 11-yard run, following it up with a big uh, seven-yard run. So you saw a lot from him. And you've always seen the New Orleans Saints be willing to lean on and utilize a fullback in a lot of different situations, passing, running the fullback option they ran years ago against the Chicago Bears, which is still one of my favorite plays of all time that we've ever gotten to see. Uh, but then on top of that, you also have Taysom Hill returning to practice today. And it's funny because there's a lot of conversation around where does Taysom Hill fit? 
Is he going to be able to help you when you have all of these other weapons and options all around the New Orleans Saints offense? Well, here's an example of how. You can pick up some of those rushing yards and some of those rushing reps that you might not have without a third running back that can come in and help you spell by running with Taysom Hill and utilizing him in that short yardage run game. And when you're looking at going up against the Tennessee Titans, you want to control the clock. You want to control time of possession. Taysom Hill could be a big, big, big part of what you're able to do there. So I do think that the New Orleans Saints will be okay, even if they have to go into week one without Kendra Miller. But the bigger sort of question mark around all of that is, should we start to be getting worried about Kendra Miller already? Ideally, you wouldn't want that to be the case, but we'll have to see how things progress from here. We'll get a better idea of where all these injuries are going into next week. When we get the injury report, injury updates, all of those other things, we start to get into the formal regular season rhythm of injury news starting on Monday slash Wednesday of next week. If Kendra Miller's not out there Monday or Wednesday or Monday and Wednesday, then Maybe it's time to maybe kind of ring the alarms a little bit for week one, but for week one only, unless we hear otherwise. Coming up next, though, the New Orleans Saints kind of telegraph a little bit about how they're feeling about the health of their running back room by bringing in two more running backs, one of which they're very familiar with. Why bringing in Tony Jones Jr. and Jordan Mims? Let's break it all down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and our official sportsbook partners here on the Locked on Podcast Network. You like the New Orleans Saints to win week one against the Houston Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans might as well be the same. You can go ahead and put money down on that. Have a little bit of fun. If you just put $5 down right now as a new customer, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed betting on your favorite team no matter what you win, right? You turn $5 into $200 no matter what happens. That's a pretty good deal. Plus, all customers who bet that $5 will also get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket via YouTube or YouTube TV as well. It's effectively turning $5 into 300 bucks in that case. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can do everything on it from spreads to player props and more. You think Cam Jordan's going to have 10 plus sacks? You can bet on that. You think the New Orleans Saints are going to win a home game against the Atlanta Falcons? You can even bet on that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints brought in two more new faces, this time at running back. And how and why did they go about that decision? We're going to be breaking that down here as we continue on with today's episode. We'd like to say thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Hey, if you're checking us out now, whether it's live or later, make sure you head over to Jake Madison, Locked on Pelicans after this and check him out as well, doing phenomenal job covering the New Orleans Pelicans. If you're live with me right now in the chat, head over to him after this show because he's going to be live over on Lockdown Pelicans as well. If you're listening later, you know that the show's already ready for you, so you can go from your first listen to your second listen with Lockdown Pelicans. The New Orleans Saints added in two running backs today, and they made a little bit of room to do that, okay? So there's some corresponding moves here as well, but the Saints reunited with Tony Jones Jr. and brought in Jordan Mims, who is effectively reuniting with fellow rookie Jake Hayner, who was his quarterback over at Fresno State just last year. 
I'll tell you a little bit about both of them. In order for the New Orleans Saints to make room for them on their practice squad, however, they did have to move on from two players. The two players that they moved on from, Ellis Merriweather, a guy that I picked to make the active roster. Told you some of those are going to be wrong. That one, I was very wrong. He not only didn't make the active roster, didn't make the practice squad. Maybe there'll be another opportunity for him because he is very talented, former wide receiver as well, big body, all those other things. So maybe there's an opportunity for him to make it back to the New Orleans Saints, but certainly deserves an opportunity elsewhere, if nothing else. They also moved on from Ty Summers. I mentioned in yesterday or this morning's episode, rather, that the Saints were carrying three linebackers on their uh, on their practice squad. Don't expect that to last for long. There you go. It did not last for long. Not the way that I thought it wasn't going to last for long, but it definitely didn't last for long. So they made room for Tony Jones Jr. and Jordan Mims. So why these two players? We broke down the New Orleans Saints practice squad in an earlier episode. And one of the things that we mentioned about this practice squad is that the majority of the players that came back, in fact, up until they added Tony Jones Jr. and Jordan Mims officially, the Saints brought back all the players on their practice squad were all players that spent the offseason with them. They were all players that knew the system, that did the offseason install, that the New Orleans Saints got a look at. They didn't bring it. They had the 10th highest waiver priority in the NFL. And not only did they not bring anybody in off of waivers, they didn't even put a waiver claim in. They didn't even go after anybody. They focused specifically on the guys that they spent the offseason with and that they've invested in. That tells you two things in my mind. The first of which is that it tells you that they continue to eat, to invest in guys that they've already invested in, right? Which is why the Will Lutz decision and the Blake Gillikin decision were so surprising to me, because this is a team and an organization that perpetually ends up reinvesting in players that they're familiar with and that they know, right? So them making the decision to go to younger guys uh, or newer players was a very big surprise to me. This what we're seeing in terms of how they built out their uh, how they built out their uh, pr- uh, practice squad is a lot more in line with what we're accustomed to seeing from them. This is a lot more like what we're used to seeing from the New Orleans Saints, where they are leaning in on players that they already know, and then Tony Jones Jr. fits in exactly with that as well. This is a guy that Tony Jones Jr. not only has spent time with the New Orleans Saints very very recently but that spent his entire offseason so far learning the offseason install already just with a different team because what he's been doing with Sean Payton in Denver over the course of this offseason is a near carbon copy of what the New Orleans Saints are doing this offseason. So not only does he come in with a previous institutional knowledge, but he also comes in being a player that this offseason did the same install as what the New Orleans Saints are doing. He just did it somewhere else. So Tony Jones Jr. comes in and already knows the system. I think that there's a lot of value there. And he's one of those guys that also, like Ellis Merriweather, has had impressive preseasons before. But what we've seen from Tony Jones Jr. is not necessarily an opportunity or really taking advantage of opportunities in the regular season. Let's see if that changes if he gets his opportunities here in New Orleans this time. As for Jordan Mims, Jordan Mims is a guy that just last year ran for over 1,300 yards and 18 rushing touchdowns with Fresno State. Very similar to the numbers that you saw Kendra Miller put up, but of course, Kendra Miller doing it in a Power 5 school, while Jordan Mims was doing it in in a Mountain West school with Fresno State. So 18 rushing touchdowns, as well as 1,372 rushing yards. He also caught 21 passes this past year, 25 passes the year before that. By the way, catching those passes with Jake Hayner, throwing those passes to him, and had a total of five receiving touchdowns over the course of the past couple of seasons 
as well. So you can see that the Saints leaning on production with Jordan Mims, just like they leaned on production with Kendra Miller. But the thing that they like about Jordan Mims, at least that, that Dennis Allen said when I asked him about it this afternoon, is that he brings you another change of pace option, a guy that's able to come in and catch passes, a guy that's able to kind of be that change of direction type, a guy that's able to come in and contribute to you not only as a runner, but also potentially as a pass catcher as well. So when you look at where you have the benefit of a Kirk Merritt as somebody that can be a receiving back and a running back, you see something very similar with the mold, build, archetype, style, however it is that you want to look at it, of a Jordan Mims. And so Jordan Mims comes in being able to kind of replicate that. So if the New Orleans Saints do need to go to somebody that's able to contribute as a pass catcher, contribute out of the backfield, they could like what they see in Jordan Mims, who right now is wearing the number 37, by the way, Tony Jones Jr. back at number 34. Uh, This is a guy in Jordan Mims that can come in and kind of give you not exactly what Alvin Kamara does, but give you a little bit of that playbook, right? You can pass to him, you can let him run, you can kind of utilize him as a change of pace, joker style type of running back. And there's an obvious advantage to having that. So I commend the New Orleans Saints for seeing a potential concern here in Kendra Miller's health and immediately addressing it in some way and preparing themselves to be able to elevate a guy and be ready to have him step in and work in tandem with Jamal Williams. The good news is that even if you don't have a Kendra Miller for the first week of the season or the opening game of the season or however long to open the season, depending upon how this injury goes with him or the series of injuries that he's dealt with already this offseason does go for him, you've got Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the guy that you 100% end up leaning on. And you have a guy that can help you add to your run totals by working out of running from the quarterback position in Taysom Hill. So I do think that that's a big piece of what the New Orleans Saints are looking at. And honestly, look, Kareem Hunt still hasn't signed anywhere. Leonard Fournette's still available. Like there's still some free agent running backs out there that would be worth pursuing if the Saints feel like this is going to be a bigger deal. But as of right now, if you just need to band-aid for a game, or if you just need to be able to practice and then be ready for the game, when Kendra Miller is ready for the game, then you should be okay with the way that the New Orleans Saints have already sort of dealt around this. So I think the Saints are going to be okay. And this is a part of why I say there's no need for concern at this moment, but something to definitely watch as we get into practice next week with the New Orleans Saints. Coming up next, how Jordan Howden sees the field comes down to experience. Where did he get it and how long has he been building it? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. The fantastic, fantastic news about the rookie safety Jordan Howden has always been the credit that the New Orleans Saints have been giving him internally because of his ability to be able to contribute from multiple spots as well as see the field. So how did he develop both of those talents? I spoke with him today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what he told me. Appreciate you as always for being here for another episode, all you everydayers, and making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Um, The thing that I really enjoyed when I spoke with Jordan Howden today in the locker room was the confidence that he has. He's not a guy that's gotten his name mentioned a ton over the course of this offseason, and that doesn't seem to be an issue for him. He's a guy that has come in and has stepped in to first team snaps right away. 
played in place of Marcus May, May when Marcus May was getting a um, was you know, getting a veteran rest day. Played in place of Tyron Matthew when Tyron Matthew was getting a veteran rest day. Those are two very different positions in terms of the way that the Saints deploy them. Now the Saints will kind of use them in a way that is very disguise heavy. They'll use them in a way that is very um, uh, how do I say this? Is very you can exchange the two, right? Like you can have Marcus May do a little bit of the stuff that you want um, Tyra Matthew to do. You can have Tyra Matthew do some interchangeably. That's the way, that's the word that I'm looking for here. So you can have them do things interchangeably. And so because of that, there's a lot of that shared responsibility. But Jordan Howden, who the Saints drafted out of Minnesota just this past offseason in the, I believe it was the fifth round. Yes, in the fifth round of this year's draft, is somebody that's been tasked and tapped to kind of step into both of those roles, all of those roles, while also playing special teams, while also being deployed in the slot here and there as well. So how has he developed his vision? How has he developed the things that the New Orleans Saints continuously credit him with? A lot of it comes down to simple experience. And the way that he's been able to translate it to the NFL is because none of it's new to him, right? The New Orleans Saints brought him in because of his ability to be able to play multiple schemes and fit in the New Orleans Saints scheme. In Minnesota with the Golden Gophers, he played a lot of man coverage. You know what the New Orleans Saints do a ton of? They play a lot of man coverage, right? That big, easy defense. They want to play a ton of coverage. So the big piece of uh, Jordan Howden's ability to transition into all of this is that a lot of it is familiar to him, right? There's a lot of this that ends up allowing him to be able to come in and play a ton of those positions, play in a situation and play in a scheme that he's very comfortable with. Uh, be able to uh, see the field and watch things develop in front of him. One of his biggest, one of the biggest compliments that he continuously got over the course of this offseason is the fact that he sees the field super well. A lot of folks have said that he sees the field similarly to the way that uh, Mar uh, Marcus Williams saw the field and plays position, the plays the position so with so much versatility, similar to PJ Williams. So he gets a little bit of comparison to both of the Williams defensive backs that the New Orleans Saints previously had. And a lot of that comes from the experience. He has gotten to the point, if you're part of the New Orleans Saints Insider Program through our subtext, you saw a little bit of the film study that I did with Jalen Smith. And Jalen Smith, from the linebacker position, being able to see where a run was going and how a play was developing based upon the deployment and the motion of the offensive line, not necessarily watching where the ball goes. That's a big thing that Jordan Howden does extremely well also. I'm watching that left tackle break out to the right side of the field. So I'm going to make sure that I'm going to the right side of the field because that's where the run's going, right? So those types of pieces um, of how he sees plays developing all comes down to his experience. He was a five-year guy at Minnesota with the Golden Gophers. And he played over 200 snaps in the slot on four of those five seasons, played over 500 total snaps as a special teamer. The guy has seen a lot. He's also been playing football since he was five years old. Yeah, he ran track, he played basketball, but he's played football since he was five years old and had people around him and his family all the time telling him, hey, that's going to be a guy. He's going to play in the NFL. I told you he was going to play in the NFL. And that's kind of who Jordan Howden is and how Jordan Howden came about. It's the how of Howden, if you will, or at least part of it. So I just thought it was really interesting being able to kind of share that conversation with him and learn a little bit more about how he sees the field how he's learned this offense, or excuse me, this defense so quickly. And a lot of it comes down to the New Orleans Saints doing some good scouting. They took a player from a system and put him into a system that fits what he's already done. 
They're not making him learn anything drastically new. Now, the language is new. There are still some things that are uh, very, very new, all of that to him. Don't get me wrong. There are new things that he has to learn, but he's not having to learn an entirely new concept of how to play defense. They're not taking him from a very, very zone heavy or zone specific defense and plugging him into a man coverage defense or vice versa. They're bringing him from home and putting him in something that feels like home. And that's gone a long way for him so far, even this quickly during his rookie season. And that's really, really good news for him, but really, really good news for the New Orleans Saints too, who remember still have a pending suspension looming when it comes to Marcus May. And will they have the opportunity to be able to turn from him to a guy like Jordan Howden? We'll see. We'll see if that's the route that they go. All right. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we're going to be taking a look at a couple of different things. Um, We're going to be focusing back on the 53-man roster and taking a look at the players that are going to be most important to the team's success in 2023. And along with our NFL, NFC South, and NFL season preview, which you can see a sneak peek of in terms of the quarterback conversation, where I, and I am not afraid to say it, absolutely, along with Julian Council, actually, Lockdown Panthers, so demolish our NFC South competitors within the Locked On Podcast Network. We had a lot of fun with that one. Um, I'm going to be comparing the 53-man roster position by position, though I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But if you're a Locked On Saints insider over at Subtext, you'll get all the details. But I'll go through and take a look at how the New Orleans Saints um, kind of compare roster-wise to the rest of the NFC South and why they should be division champions this season, right? Like there's not really a lot of excuses for the New Orleans Saints. They should be a good team in 2023. Anything less than winning the division should be and would be disappointing uh, for the New Orleans Saints. So we're going to break down why that's the case. The other thing that I want to tell you about is that uh, a lot of folks have been asked me to do a lot of short, uh, like kind of short form content. So the one thing that I, the the thing that I really want to do here is incorporate you in it. So here's what I'm going to start doing. Over the course of the regular season, where it becomes a little bit tougher to do two-a-days, I'm going to find a way to replicate the two-a-days by doing some short form content. So what I'm going to need from you and your support with all this is going to be questions. So you can start putting them in comments. You can start sending them to me. Um, subtext, uh, if you're a locked on insider, you've always gotten priority when it comes to questions anyway, those types of things. Uh, live chat, always in there as well. So I would like to every day answer a question of yours with a piece of recalling the extra point and then give you a five-minute thing each day on whatever the biggest story might be that day or how the biggest story has changed from day to day. We're calling that the hurry up. So that's going to be a ton of fun. So that way we get, you get some short form stuff. I'm going to take both those short form pieces and turn them into our situational offense piece that we're going to do over on the audio side, which would be a 10-minute thing instead of two five-minute things. So I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy this. We're going to try it out for a little while. I want your feedback on it. I want your honest feedback on it. Let me know, and then we'll continue to adjust and build and grow and just finding new ways to get you more confident as well. Yes. And you can send them through Twitter as well. Any social media, any social media at Ross Jackson, Nola, Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, Blue Sky. I'm on, well, I don't know that Blue Sky has DMs, but uh, threads, whatever, like you can send them anywhere. It's totally fine. I'll see them. Uh, and if I don't send them again, dang it. That way I make sure that I see them. So that's just kind of a little bit of the content plan as we go into the regular season, along with, of course, the usual daily episodes. And then every as soon as often as I can, I'll go live uh, as well. So let me know what you think. Give me some ideas. Send over your questions. Try to stay evergreen so that I can give you stuff that's going to be, you know, that I might not get to this week, but that I can use next week and all that. So got a lot of that kind of stuff coming over for you. So uh, now that we're wrapping up here, though, make sure you're heading over to Locked on Pelicans 
to get Jake Madison right now. He's about to go live. And of course, if you're catching it later, you can head over and catch uh, you know, Locked On Pelicans as your second listen today. I appreciate you as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can always subscribe, find all the content you need right here for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I appreciate you as always making Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media platforms at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.